I speak to you in the name of the living God, blessed Trinity and lover of your souls. Amen. Tell me without telling me. This is a phrase that went viral on social media in 2019, and it's still capturing people's attention today. Instagram and TikTok are bursting with videos aiming to master the art of show, don't tell. A tactic that storytellers and preachers have been utilizing for centuries. For instance, a novelist could tell you exactly what a character is feeling. Margaret is angry. But a good novelist may write instead, Margaret slammed her mug onto the countertop with a thud. Bronzed liquid sloshed over its sides, staining their kitchen table. You all right? Stephanie asked, wide-eyed. I'm fine, Margaret said, tight-lipped. Is Margaret fine, everybody? <laughs> no, she's furious. <laughs> today's gospel writer, Matthew, told a story similar to this one just before today's text. Jesus entered the temple, he writes, and cast out all who were selling and buying in it. He ruined the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He told them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a hideout for robbers. Is Jesus fine, everybody? <laughs> no, he's furious. And Matthew told us without telling us. He showed us through the character's action. So you should check out all the telling, tell me without telling me hashtags. You'll find a wide range of videos. As a uh, child of a, as a mother of a son, I've been enjoying the ones titled, Tell Me You're a Boy Mom Without Telling Me. The last one that I saw shows a mom in full workout gear with 20 minutes free in her schedule to practice Pilates at home but she can't do her workout routine because she can't find her green and yellow weights. So her video is a time lapse of her racing through the house, looking for the dumbbells, only to find them at minute 21. They have become the foundation for her son's green and yellow Lego superhero fortress. Tell me you're a boy mom without telling me. I've also enjoyed the hashtag tell me you're from Ohio without telling me. Uh, where I've learned of a woman with a tattoo of a cornfield on her left thigh, uh, and there's a highway billboard above it that says, hell is real. <laughs> Tell me you're from Ohio without telling me. Now, Matthew isn't the only one who's good at showing rather than telling, is he? Jesus is actually pretty good at this, too. In fact, it's really one of his signature moves. His storytelling style is a parable. And today's parable, well, it's not about boy moms or cornfields, but it is about a boy dad and a vineyard. Jesus tells this story right after he encounters some priests who question his authority. They come to him shortly after that turning over of tables episode. The priests seem pretty unhappy with him, and he doesn't seem too pleased with them either. Who gave you the authority to teach these crowds, they ask Jesus outright. Now, we all know that Jesus had no rabbinic college degrees or professors of earthly pedigree to boast, as these learned men likely did. 
but he's not flustered by their question, and he steps right into this battle of wits with them. Who gave me authority to teach? Hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Jesus says. Who gave my cousin John the authority to baptize? And that question, oh, it stumped those priests because it inferred that Jesus' ministry may have come from a similar authority. If the priests are going to discredit Jesus, well, then they're going to have to discredit John first, the people, the prophet that all the people love. So the priests give no meaningful response. And while these priests are without words, Jesus utilizes the moment of quiet to speak a parable to them. Now, some of our Bibles title the words of this parable, the parable of the two sons. But I think it could also be titled, tell me without telling me. The parable goes something like this. There's a dad with two kids. The dad says to the first kid, get off your video gaming chair and go do your work in the vineyard. And that kid says, no, I don't want to. I'm not going to go. So dad takes a deep meditative breath and he walks away, not because he's giving up, but probably because he needs to get out to the vineyard to work too. And so does kid number two. So he knocks on the door of teenager number two and says, wake up kid, time to go to work. And that cherub child Oh, wipes tired eyes and smiles at dad and says, okay. But as soon as the bedroom door closes, the kid rolls over, goes back to sleep. So dad leaves for work, the second son sleeps, and you know what that first son did, that antagonistic, defiant child? Well, he got up and went to work. So tell me, parents, was it kid one or kid two who pleased the parent? kid one. That son whose words dripped sweet as honey did not please dad. The son who was stubborn as all get out, the resistant one, that's the kid that did what was expected of him eventually. Now, your parents don't care if you say the thing that they want to hear. Parents care whether you do the thing you're supposed to do. And Jesus says God's the same way. And in sharing this parable, he showed the priests that they came asking the wrong kind of question. It doesn't matter who teaches someone what to say. What matters is doing what you're supposed to do. The religious leaders, they came to Jesus to argue, but the people, the crowds came to Jesus to learn. The ones who are struggling each day, who are worrying, am I doing enough, came to ask Jesus, how do we live as God wants us to live? How do we become the people who God wants us to become? Turns out the crowd of the defiant, rebellious sinners are better children of God than their priests. Actions not only speak louder than words, one Stanford researcher and scholar tells us, actions also actually happen before our thoughts. For instance, if dad tells a dad joke, you're going to do an eye roll before you ever know what you're thinking or feeling about it, right? When someone asks you for directions, 
Try sitting on your hands and explaining the complex route to them. Yes, I'm speaking directly to all you fellow Italians in the room. I know you can't do it. <laughs> Research shows that if people are prevented from gesturing when they speak, they have a harder time finding the words. And if people are prevented from gesturing when they're trying to study some complex description, they don't learn as well. So actions do even more than help us to understand others. They actually help us to think and to talk. How we act in the world around us literally shapes how we think. Action shapes thought. But far too often, don't we think about it in the reverse? Over the last 30 years or so, cognitive science has been including concepts of embodiment in its approach to understanding how human beings think. Embodied cognitive science tells us that it's more than just our brains. This isn't the only part of the body we need to think. And we all know that if we want to understand what someone else thinks, well, we could ask them, but we'd probably get more information if we watch the way they act. We know in our bones that actions speak louder than words. In Jesus' parable, child number one's words and thoughts were no. And he was happy to share that with dad. But his actions were a yes. And his actions showed the father who the child really is, what he really believes in, more than his words did. We can examine others' actions to know them better, and we can also reflect on our own actions to know ourselves better. Right? Why do you think one thing but do another? I do it all the time. We all do. You might tell yourself that you believe something to be true, but if your actions don't align with that belief, guess what? You probably don't believe it. Hmm. I think that's what Jesus is trying to teach the priests and the crowd in this story. Priests in a crowd just like us. Because we're all like the sons in Jesus' parable. Our actions and our inactions reveal who we are. I wonder what you might learn about yourself, if for this week, just for some spiritual fun, you stopped assuming you know what you believe, and instead you began reflecting on what your actions say about what you believe. I wonder what you would find. And then see what happens if you change an action. Do your thoughts about yourself change with them? We can get so lost inside our heads. We start here, and then sometimes we get stuck. We can just live up here instead of out here. So what if we just took those embodied cognitive scientists at Stanford seriously, and Jesus too? I wonder, perhaps, you might find your way into the kingdom of heaven before your priests. Jesus seems to say that it doesn't matter how many times you mess up while you're trying. As long as you have come to Jesus looking for the path to walk, for the way to the kingdom of heaven. You don't need to be a learned priest to do that. 
God says, telling me without telling me, that's just fine. That works for me. No one needs to prove their authority to do the work God has given them to do. So rather than rack your brain for the right questions to ask God or to ask yourself, maybe try doing the right thing. And perhaps you'll find that the answer to your question turned out to be an action rather than a thought.